Oh. Okay. Okay. And the property subject property has been posted. All documents specific to the petitions this evening that have been received are made part of the record uh, as long as they received prior to 72 hours in advance of the hearing. Um, we typically like to do in-person meetings, which this is. However, there is a Zoom feature that's available to the public as well. Um, there, if we're going to, if you're on Zoom, we'd appreciate it that number one, you keep the, the, the Zoom system mute. Number two, if you need to ask a question, there typically is a wave your hand function or wave your hand on the screen or worse comes worse, interrupt. <clears throat> um, for those that are attending here this evening, I'd appreciate it if you silence your phones. And lastly, there should be a sign-up sheet that's gone around. Everybody's nodding, they've seen it. Okay, good, we're good. Okay, um, with that out of the way, I'd like to call to order the June 1st meeting of the Route County Planning Commission. I'll do the roll. Uh, Brian Kelly. Present. Greg Jager. Linda Miller. Present. Jim LaFrancia. Bill Norris. Here. Andy Benjamin. Here. Ren Martin. Paul Weiss. That's me. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Woods. New guy. Yeah. Present. One, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, and obviously, I'm here, so we have a quorum and may proceed accordingly. Public comment at this point in time, I'd accept the commissioners will accept comment on any item that is not on the agenda this evening from the public. Seeing and hearing none, I will close that portion of public comment. Approval of the minutes from May 18, 2023. Are there any additions, deletions, and or corrections to those minutes? And if not, I'll cheer Ellard in a motion. I move we approve the minutes from May 18, 2023. Second. Thank you, Brian. And Paul, was that you? It was me and Linda. Okay. All those in favor? All right. Aye. 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 Anyone opposed? Signify by saying no. Here votes yes. Minutes of May 18th are approved. Items for consideration Steamboat Lake Wheelie Property Major, major Amendment. Um, I'm sure most of you recall that this particular petition was tabled from the original April 6th hearing date. Um, purpose of the tabling was to give uh, Ryan and his folks uh, the opportunity to meet with a number of the residents in the area and to see if some common grounds could be arranged and agreed upon in terms of several issues. So with that thought in mind, Ryan, I think you've been active based on what I'm reading. So why don't you tell us what you all made, what you managed to accomplish? Okay. But you got to use the lectern, please. We'll do that. Thank you. All right, I can put notes this time. So I'll put some standard. All right, so to refresh your memory, the reason for 
Who's to better manage our current use? Our goal is not to increase use at the area. Um, and our current use, the problem we're having is congestion in our marina parking lot. To remedy that, we want to move the concessionaire um, over to the Quailing property to free up parking space in our current marina lot. Um, it's not so that we can backfill it with another concessionaire. Uh, part of the, some of the management decisions behind this is what we really need more space for our ice fishermen and our non-motorized recreators who share that parking lot. Um, we need more space to pile up snow and move snow, floor snow. Um, and it's a, one of the benefits of that is going to lead to better separation of our user groups and it's going to lessen congestion in our parking lot that has basically approved from an agreement that we made with Rock County Road Bridge, the Snow Hill Department, um, local community to aid in easing the, part, the snowmobile parking congestion along 129 on private property at the Columbine Quarry and then Hans Peak Village by putting up a whole bunch of signs and directing people under our parking lot. Um, so that's been forcing out our non-motorized and our ice fishermen. So really it was just a management move to try to accommodate what use we have and we're directing into the park. And what another benefit of that is going to be is if we can move this concessionaire across the highway, it will limit his traffic from going past on Peak Village and residential areas by getting him closer to the forest service ground faster. Um, another part of that was to remove the 25 mile, hours, mile an hour speed limit on that half mile flat that's actually on our property. Um, it mirrors the Forest Service and the BLM that are on either side of speed limits, and I can't enforce the speed limits it is without overheating my machines. Um, so a little background started. I started this with the planning department in June of 22. So just a, a year ago, I started trying to work through this stuff. CPW, we've been working on this for a number of years. Um, and through that process, we have entertained looking at a number of sites. And I revisited some of those sites with these more recent meetings. Um, and we can, the reason we landed on the Quayle is the other sites that I think there, there's a site map in here somewhere of places that we looked at. Um, every one of them just had some problems to it. Like we had some safety issues, a lot of them had safety issues with Snowmobiles haven't crossed our roads. Adding more of that up there, we didn't want to do that. Um, a lot of it was plowing and storage problems, which wasn't was just going to put us back in the same problem we were trying to get away from. Um, one was really close to a lot of residences in Captain's Cove, right next to them. That would have been the, one of the better ones, but I was a non-starter because of the, where it was at. Um, some of the locations we looked at and were suggested were just too small. And most, all of them would not have lessened traffic coming back down the trail in front of Hans Peak Village. 
our best alternative to the Coily to the Coily property was to put it right at our Sage Flats entrance, which is directly across from all of Huntsby Building. And I thought that would be kind of rough since it is right in front of the village right here. Stage Flats would have been right next to our sign. Right there is where our second best option would be. Um, and I mean, that puts it right front and center with all the residences of Honsby Village. And it doesn't get rid of them going in front of the village to access the trail where the Q cabin gets them the furthest, the concessionaire and his mobiles the furthest away from everybody and out on the national forest fastest. So what we did for after the original request, and we had several meetings with citizens, one group, um, met twice with the former state land board manager who put the whole Quayley purchase together. Um, we came up with some changes. So we added a paragraph at the beginning stating the intent of the original land acquisition. Um, which was to maintain the history and the integrity while still providing opportunities to the public. That included snowmobile access during a um, scheduled amount of time, um, construction of two cabins there right behind in that red circle that says Q cabin, um, provide an interpretive center and protect wildlife and their habitats. So that was the original intent. So from that, and discussions that we have had with the public and with the groups, um, and Ms. Rabe with the former, formerly with the state land board, we put a cap on the number of snowmobiles the concessionaire could have. Um, we mirrored the concessionaires used with the motorized trail closure for nesting trains, even though the the Quayley proper the Q cabin property, the Quayley cabin property is not a part of that required closure period. It's just the motorized trail. So we mirrored that closure period for the concessionaire so he can't be in there. And oh, we moved the, the big one. We moved where I originally had it kind of to the side of the cabin after discussions with the planning department and with several citizens trying to get it out of more out of the view shed. Um, we moved, gonna move it further behind cabin where there's really some old growth trees that, that will help mask that where it is location along with the cabin. Um, that was the bulk of the changes that we made and well, it kind of changed the area of impact if you compare between the two. Um, to keep more out of the wetlands and more up. This is more in the original PUD. This was more the intent of the area for the um, the cabins to be built. So I tried to kind of squeeze that down and I mirrored that to where we stay more out of the wetland and more up there where our area of impact has already been up there. Um, yeah, two cabins will both be up in that upper end of it. And this is kind of just to give you an idea, this is a little bit of a sage ridge right here. And so to, we would just have to do some leveling work on the top of that. And then we would stack 
part of that too is also to uh, make sure the concession air isn't spread over the place so this footprint is very small so we're going to use the building stack it in first and then stack his trailers and type right behind it so you can see him behind the building and then he could have one his office trailer here on the front where you come into so the and the way I wrote that in there was we were just working together with the concessionaire to limit um, the impact of the visual impact of his operation. <laughs> I don't know if anybody got any questions about how this how this looks from the road. Really, the, from when we were messing around standing over there, um, where you're going to be able to see his operation the most is from about right here. To, there's a firm, the rows cut in right here across from our shop, shop complex. So there's this maybe 150, 200 feet right here where you would be able to look back in there to see that. Um, since the highway is down here, by putting it back in here, it, it, uh, it certainly helps in blocking his operation from view of the highway. Um, you need to hear. No, thank you. I, I have a. I don't think I heard this on April sixth. Are you? Did I understand you to say that the speed limit on the trails? I don't need to say east and west. There are none. Yeah. So how does that you explain like that to me? <laughs> So BLM and the Forest Service don't have speed limits That's what I thought, okay. on, on their on their grounds. And so this BLM, it's about here. And then you're looking at Quayley about up to, well, where the green line starts. Right. Um, there's a little bit of BLM right here too. So this weird strip of BLM that bumps out and goes back up. Um, so it's a, no speed limit, 25 miles an hour, and then no speed limit for forever. And then, so this is a straight stretch that I want to get rid of the speed limit on because if people are overheating and if I if tell them they got to go 25 miles an hour, then they start making the trail this wide because they got to find pressure now. Right. But once I've, I've been doing this for two years and not enforcing it, and they're doing pretty good job. I mean, they're still, there's there's not heads wherever you go, but for the majority of them, they're still keeping the trail fairly narrow. But they can go faster and get out of here quicker and keep their machines from overheating. My machines will keep going across that. I'm trying to afford that stuff. So the issue ultimately becomes either keep the speed limit and they widen the trail on their own, so to speak. Yeah, if we, yeah, if yeah. exactly. They're just going to keep searching for power. Most guys, I mean, there's still some folks that will that can't do giant signs or don't care to that'll. Every once in a while, we'll rip out into that meadow, but I mean, it's just incrementally getting larger and larger where they're always chasing powder. They're trying to do the right thing, but also trying not to blow up $18,000 worth of stolen. Right. Okay. Any other questions for Ryan at this point? <clears throat> what, what are the signs you have along there to indicate speed so limit or, or to tell people to stay yeah. on the trail. We manage actually a lot more than the Quayley Trail just because it would be easier. So where the greens stop, well, see that pond kind of in the bottom of this green right here? Right, right there is where it pops up on the hill. And so I put a sign there on the Forest Service because I'm trying to keep people off from trespassing on that private property and from cutting from that corner into the Quayley just to make it shorter. And then I have one right here. And it just says private property, 
private property next to a mile stay on trail. Big not a lot of words, so it's easy to see the few that are on there. And remember, it says private property or stay on trail, um, or it needs something to do with private property or easement on both ends. And how how long is the blue line there about? Um, it's just a little over a half mile. The blue line from here where you get on the state land to up there where you hit National Forest is just under a half mile. So you'd have to add this much into it. So just over a half mile. So you just have two sides, one at each end? One at each end. And then we mark the trail with orange poles so the groomer can find his way in the snowstorm. And then uh, I think I put about 20 stay on the trail signs across there, just little ones that are about this big around on those little flimsy poles um, and or on one bikes. What we do is we just have a stack of them and we put a fair number, number of them out. And then when somebody gets off too far, then we go through and shove it in this snowmobile track to give people a little bit better idea that no, don't go out there. And then we just keep doing that by the end of the year, there's quite a few more. Okay. But only two big ones. And the rest of them are Gave it like table plate size, I guess. Is there like an orientation before folks go out there to for the congestion there? Yeah, but this is public. So this trail is public. So people just have to have a snowmobile for a minute and then they can out they go. We have maps of Steamboat Lake State Park and shows where the trails are. Um, we have it here and we have one at the marina. And the concessionaire, Leslie Lovejoy, had a great idea. We're going to get another one of these great big maps that show where you can and cannot go. And we're going to put it in his office trailer so that when he's doing the waivers and where you can and cannot go, he can actually point at pictures and say, here, not here, kind of. Okay. Here, good. Yeah. Good. How'd you do that? <laughs> Sally? All right, thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it. <laughs> so, really, um, to kind of recap what has happened and, and, and capture what Ryan described a minute ago. Um, so, on April 6th, we had our last planning commissioners meeting where we heard the application, original application from Ryan with regard to. Um, relocating the Operation Steamboat Lake Operation Concessionaire from the marina to the credit parcel across on 29. There seemed to be a pretty heavy outpour of concern from the public. And based on the um, comments received and the comments expressed at the meeting, planning commissioners recommended that uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife go back and have conversations with the concerned community members and um, interest groups to try to come up with some alternative solutions for operations and locations of infrastructure and trail use. Um, so as a result of those conversations, Ryan um, stayed in touch with us. Um, um, previous employee of the state land board, which the state land board owns the parcel, um, communicated with us as well and frequently with Ryan about history of the parcel and previous negotiations that had taken place there and the intent 
of the long-term management of the area um, and acted as somewhat facilitator between some of the community members. Um, there was a meeting with the Crane Coalition regarding habitat impact. Um, the CPW on-site biologists will launch those conversations to make some recommendations from an expert perspective as well um, with regard to sandhill cranes and nesting kind of areas um, and limiting use of those areas. Um, there was concern about the fuchsia of the um, temporary uh, structure that would house the winter snowmobile operation uh, from County Road 129 and also from neighboring landowners in that area. Um, and meetings were had there. Doesn't sound like all parties were satisfied with the relocation, but some efforts were made to relocate that infrastructure behind um, some timber and other natural features there on site to reduce the obstructed view as a drive up on 29. Um, there was a modification in the connector trail, as Ryan mentioned. Um, the applicant still requesting that the 25 mile per hour speed limit be removed for the reasons he explained from management. Um, overheating. So that would be a decision that planning commissioners would have to make. Um, you'll need to provide a recommendation on whether or not it should be removed um, and where your options to keep the speed limit for the general public at 25 miles per hour and for the concessionaire if they're going south, but allow the concessionaire to go faster if they're going north to the National Forest. Um, so then finally, the summer youth education program sounds like the um, habitat impact concern was with nesting cranes. So limiting access and use in that area uh, if that program is developed and moved forward. Um, I'd say lastly, Ryan tried to emphasize why the park is implementing these changes and to improve his narrative and explanation so that it became more relatable and understandable to some members of the public out there, primarily if the management um, and user group um, issue with congestion and multiple interests out there to try to separate and enhance recreational opportunities for some user groups while also keeping everybody safe and somewhat manageable as it's their task to do. So um, that's all we have really. Um, the separation of the uses will keep the motorized use from the non-motorized use. It'll reduce the number of snowmobiles that will cross 129. It'll reduce the number of snowmobiles that pass by Toronto Peak Village. And it'll reduce the amount of time the concessionaire snowmobiles spin on the Fraley parcel. So ultimately an overall reduction of impact holistically. Um, so the issues left for discussion are uh, the, the removal of the speed limit, which is currently 25 miles per hour. And then also the um, decision to move the structures to the new location to mitigate the visual impacts and whether or not that uh, relocation is adequate. Uh, Sally, so have any of the revisions or changes, do they, are any of the conditions, the recommended conditions impacted? Um, you want me looking? 
So in the memo that you received, there are suggested conditions of approval at the end. Um, all of the ones that are bolded are the new ones. New ones, and then the ones that have breaks through them are proposed to be removed. So a lot of the, the bolded stuff was provided by them, and then staff incorporated them into the existing conditions that are on the PUD plan. So um, yes, there will be some changes to the conditions, but what you got in your memo are um, what is proposed. Really? Most of it is relevant to the relocation of, for example, parking area and infrastructure proximity to wetlands, certain setbacks there, um, some of those that are inherent with moving the operations to a different location on the property. Yeah, there's a, but there's a pretty extensive one on snowmobile tours, if I'm thinking right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. So let me re ask the question differently. These conditions would supersede those that were provided on April 6th. Yes. Good. Okay. We understand that? Yeah. And so I do want to call out that condition F on page five. That's the condition that addresses the 25 miles an hour speed limit. So when y'all are making your motion, just keep that, keep that in mind. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Questions for either staff or the petitioner, commissioner? Bill. Thank you, Brian. If we go above 25 miles per hour, what would be the average speed limit for these machines? Well, see, I probably go across that thing at 40. I would probably say that'd be a good average. The new machines, they're not built for speed. You can get a brand new 850 and you can squeeze like 65 out of it. I don't see people doing drag races across that. I'm not gonna say that somebody's not gonna go faster than that, but it's you know it's it's just that open stretch right there, and then you get up into the windy of the trees and they slow down where no speed limit anyway, just due to self-preservation. Um so I I I would guess probably about between thirty and forty would be my guess on that. Thank you. Any other questions, Paul? How did the how did this space get a speed limit? It was a part of the original PUD um, for the conditions on moving it from. Yeah, the poverty bar trail that right behind the village and part of moving it from there to here at 25 mile an hour people got slapped on i think beverly didn't even really have a great explanation as to why why that was still on this section um, at the time snowmobiles get through 25 miles an hour and just and so and I'm, I'm pausing i don't remember when the original PUD was done 2003. Yeah, yeah, I think when you was out, yeah, before. Thanks, Andy. I thought you had your hand up. No, 
Okay. Anybody else at this point? Um, I'd like to, at this point in time, we are going to receive public comment. Be advised that the public comment would be restricted to the changes that have been promoted and talked about here this evening. We're not going backwards to go back over the submission back in April 6. So with that thought, anybody wish to address the commissioners from the public? And here, can you guys no, hear me? No. Yeah. Oh, okay. But we would like to know your name, please. <laughs> I'm Shirley Stocks. I'm a resident of Tom's Peak Village. I am speaking for several people tonight who could not be here. It's graduation, wedding, weekend, first weekend or two. So um, I will try to be speaking for them. Um, I believe that. Being an artist, a picture is worth a thousand words. And so I put together a PowerPoint presentation with photos, actual photos, recent photos of the area that I'd like to show you. And um, it, it shouldn't take long, but I think it will help you see what the situation is. Okay, before you do that, could you explain to the commissioners how you believe that this relates to the changes that have been made here this evening? I have photos that show where the staging area was going to be, where it is now. I have photos of alternate locations that were not considered. We put a lot of effort into this. Uh... And how long do you think this will take? Sure. I don't know. I will go through it as quickly as I can. Fine. It's very short. It's mostly to give you visual images of the area and what we're talking about. Sure. Go ahead. Okay, so this is um, one other thought. Mm -hmm. I don't typically like to do this, but I'm going to put a time limit on it. And I'd like to limit your presentation to five minutes. But that should be ample, I, I would guess. Rush through it. I'm not sure I can do it in five minutes. As I said, I was speaking for several people. Keep going. Did not be Fine. So um, basically, I want to familiarize you with the area. This is the slide that was provided by Brian. Brian at the state park shows the existing situation on the Coyote Trail. This is not ideal for the community, but it was a compromise 20 years ago to stop the state park from putting the trail less than 100 feet from the homeowners in the village. Okay, um, this is the visitor center area right down here. This is the Quayley Trail, how it goes across. This is the BLM parcel of land that we had to negotiate for the original Quayley Trail. These are the property lines for Lucky Camp. So you can see this goes right in front of this subdivision. This is our main road through Lucky Camp. 
this is Quaid parcel uh, where the cabin is. And this is the access road into it. This is their maintenance facility up on the hill. As you can see, there are some little trails here that, um, and this is an area along the, the uh, highway that is accessible by snowmobiles to cross right there. Um, we can go to the next one. This is a view of Monspeak Village. I know you guys have seen it, but there are a lot of uh, houses up in the trees. Highway 129 goes right across the front here. This is the cafe. So we are definitely impacted by any snowmobile traffic up in this area. Um, you can go to the next one. This is Stan's existing operation. This is a slide off of his website. This shows his snowmobile trailers. Notice there are only four here. He's proposing six. There are only 22 snowmobiles. He's proposing 30. There is no 30 by 40 building in this slide. There are no cars. They're requesting probably six, probably will be much more than that. There is no parking area for those cars um, and there is no snow. So his operation would be much larger than this photo shows. Um, we can go to the next one. This is the view corridor as it appears today. This was taken a couple of days ago. The Quayley cabin you can barely see right here. This is the road leading, leading into it. This whole area, about twice this area, is the meadow that we're talking about. Um, this is basically a pristine open space where wildlife and the ecosystem are protected from development right now. Okay, you can go to the next one. I'm not a Photoshop expert, so I apologize for the quality of this, but this approximates what his original plan was. And this is the Quayley cabin. I figured it was about 25 feet square. So I kind of approximated size that if this is a 30 wide and 80 foot long parking lot, it would be about that many times size bigger than the, than the cabin. Um, this would be the snow burn they put up. These would be the six trailers, the blue. These would be the six cars in green. And all these little dots are the 30 snowmobiles. Okay. Um, this would require the road to be graded for the semi truck to go in to get this building out. Okay, you can go to the next one. This is the pro new proposed site that he's talking about, which would be tucking everything up in here. And like I said, this is approximate. They would widen the road. This is pretty much the width of the road here, but they would be widening it, going in there. They probably come over into a little more of this area I don't think they can tuck it in tightly enough to hide it 
in the trees and behind the cabin. You can see right up here somewhere. Help me, Ryan, where the trail comes in on this. Right where the willows and the sage. Yeah, right, right there. here. Yeah, it goes out of you this can't little see it the line here, and then it kind of comes. You can kind of see it over there where the trail comes up and ends up there. Um, you can go to the next one. Okay, this is the view from Lucky Camp and from the road going north. This is the Quayley cabin. As you can see, there's no way that can be tucked out of sight there. It's going to be totally visible. The trail comes up about here. The trail's out in view right there. The, oh, way, the current trail? Yeah. yeah it's okay. out so your little connector trail. Yeah, right at the bottom. Can we go to the next one? Can you get going there? But <laughs> thought we were supposed to silence our phones. <laughs> okay, this is this is just again an approximation of six snowmobile trailers, the big building, the parking for cars, all the snowmobiles. It would be very visible from the highway. Okay, we can go to the next one. We are worried about this happening in the meadow if the speed limit is not kept at 25. This happens all the time, all over North Route. You can go to the next one. Let's take a look at the terrain in the state park on the other side of 129. We, this is again, the fire station, um, this is uh, the road that goes into Dutch Creek and to the marina. This is um, the maintenance shed. This is the Queen cabin. This is the road going into it. This is the little trail that follows all along up to the campgrounds. Okay, we'll go to the next one. This is an area, an aerial of that same area that shows the maintenance facility. Um, this was just a quick look at possible alternative sites on the other side of the highway. As you can see, something could possibly be built here around the maintenance area. This flattens down into a little meadow down here on this side of the highway. Remember the trail that went all along this little trail? There's a big parking lot area that could be accessed here, here. These are paved roads that could be used. Um, here's another level spot that you can access. So this was just a really quick Okay, what are alternatives? And um, so many of these already have infrastructure. They have electricity. They have paved roads for the semi to get in. Um, some of this is skier territory, but if they're not going to be sending their tours around the lake, maybe the skiers could be given more territory that they're not going to be using now. And um, find a solution that everybody's happy. Um, 
They park at the visitor center over versus the visitor center up here anyway. So it would still be separation of use. Um, it shouldn't impact their parking or staging area. Okay, we'll go to the next one. This is an aerial view of the marina parking lot where the building and stuff is now. There is also a parking lot right here that they put the boat trailers in. It wasn't explored. Um, you can see there's paved road in there. This is a good road down to there. Um, and then you can see also see the trail around the lake there. Okay, you can go to the next one. This is another slide of the marina from the other side. This is the parking lot for the boat trailers. This is the parking lot that exists now. Um, paved road, campgrounds. You can see there's plenty of area over here and here. That there are areas that could be alternative staging locations. Um, originally, we were not told that there would be two snowmobile concessionaires. Now we have understood that the man who has the marina concession is also going to be running a snowmobile concessionaire. So there will be two. And Ryan did not tell you that. Well, I told you that, yes. No, he didn't. asked the ability to have that. He did not tell you that that's okay. what you were going to do. And you can find the conversation here. Are you almost done? Just about, yeah. What, like um, one so minute? How so when he's talking about this impossible, how does that separate uses if there's still going to be a snowmobile operation there? Um, you can go to the next slide. This is the building right here at the marina. Um, you can see it's not properly plowed. You can go to the next slide. Here's another shot of it. Um, it's not properly plowed. Okay, you can go to another one. This is the trailhead over at the marina. And this is their signage, which is great. Okay, you can go to the next side. This is an aerial of the new site plan that, that Brian showed. This shows his little connector trail, and then this shows the whaling trail. Correct. Okay. And next slide. This is going back to the slide that shows the existing whaling trail, which is this, up to the forest trail. And there's their little connector trail. Um, as you can see, this definitely impacts the community by location. It's uh, not only going to put two trails and a concessionaire in front of Lucky Camp, but it's going to increase snowmobile traffic in and around the community. Um, will the state park staff be able to cover enforcement of people not staying on the trail? Um, who will? Will they be able to direct them so they don't ride through the village? Will they put up signage? 
Will the county put up signage? How do we keep people from running all over this area, all over the meadow, down Main Street and Arts Peak? How is that going to be policed? I mean, is it going to be manageable? Um, you can go to the next slide. Here's another look at the Quayle Trail on the BLM parcel, which kind of cuts the corner they got. And these are all of our properties. Right now, there is one home under construction and two others planned. One of the lots is for sale and it sells. I know they will probably be building a home there. And these are million dollar homes, just like Captain's Cove. So they would definitely be in that. Um, I think Coyley Trail, I, could you go back to that other slide? Ma'am, I think you probably got your message. I am so at this point in time, can you like, I have, excuse I, me, can you like, please, please, you've got this about back sounds. Sir, sit down, please. Yes, ma'am, go ahead. Okay, and I am speaking for other people, so I would like to. You mentioned that. Thank you. Okay, so, um, Here we have the So we're going to have two trails now that affect the community. Um, if they're going to be leaving from here and going up here, I don't see how they're going to overheat that short distance. I think the speed limit should be kept at 25 miles an hour. Um, I also think there should be more signage on the speed limit as well as where they can go. Brian stated that he couldn't enforce it, so he took down the speed limit signs. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. Um, I think that there should only be one trail. I think the public should ride up here, cross this little connector trail, and be done with it, this would have a lot of advantages for the community and the state park. For one thing, it's less distance to this. It's less distance to room. It's further from the community. The public should not park at the concessionaire. They should go up to the 550 parking lot, which was built for that purpose. And traffic in front of the village would decrease and people would have quiet enjoyment of their homes. You can go to the next slide. This is the parking lot of the 550. This lot has the potential to be expanded and could handle all of the public traffic. You can go to the next one. This is the existing map that Brian showed you for the state park. He says now they will not be using this, right? Around the world. Uh, that concessionaire wouldn't use it as much, but no, it's still a public trail. It's still a public trail. Okay. He says Sage Flats is the only other location. Um, Sage Flats parking lot is actually down here by the lake. So if it was put down there, it would be different. But he's saying put it right up on the highway in front of the village, which would have definite impact. Um, the public still needs access. So um, 
you know, the, the snowmobiles in residential areas are just not preventable. And this is why, as you all stated in your discussion after the last meeting on April 6th, that we always sound like a broken record. This has been the same problem for 30 years. In your discussion after the meeting, you also stated you needed to placate the taxpayers. I believe this is a real problem and it requires finding a solution that the community should seriously be listened to and not brushed off as just complainers. We've had an opportunity here to improve life for the community, the snowmobilers, and the state park. We need to do the right thing. I know Ryan stated several studies have been conducted and he thinks this is the only way. I believe some of those studies were made 20 years ago and much has changed. We need to take a harder look at the situation to do more studies as to impacts to the community, the meadow tourism and density of recreation. The state park is not doing anything until September, as far as grading. That'll be sometime later in the summer. Okay, so we do have a little time. I think it's also time to take a look at the traffic management plan and update it. Um, things have changed. More traffic up there by adding another trail, it's it's going to increase usage. Um, we've been in contact with many government agencies. Information's been sent to Senator Roberts who is in contact with the Department of Natural Resources, which has oversight over both the state parks and the state land park. Beverly Lake Rave with Land Rights Solutions has offered to help mediate this problem. She was the head of the state land board for this area many years ago and was very instrumental in negotiating the original Coyote Trail. I know she had conversations with Brian and Sally and um, staff several times. She also gave them all the history of this. And so for many reasons, we, we request a postponement of this decision tonight until more information is gathered. We also request that the state park would work with the community and seriously consider an alternate location for this concessionaire. Um, we would request from the county and the state park signage, directional signage to keep snowmobiles where they need to go and not in and around the village and people's homes. Um, we request that the um, Speed limit be maintained at 25 miles an hour. The short connector trail to the forest, they're not going to overheat at that amount of time. Um, we also request that you all take a look at the traffic management plan and update it for this use now and for the future. Uh, before you sit down, you said you've been 
you indicated there were two comments that were made by commissioners. One of them was placate. I wrote out the word. Could you repeat those for me, please? Um, one was that we sounded like a broken record. Who said? I don't know who said that. I listened to the audio of the last meeting. Go back and check that. Really? Yeah. Okay. And what was the other one? The other one was um, there was. We sound like a broken record, and the other one was to we need to placate the taxpayers. Okay, thank you. And that was after the meeting comments um, on the audio. Thank you. Okay, next please. Hi, I'm Rich Galusha at Nile Block One, Lucky Camp. May I ask Ryan a question? Is that okay? Sure. Um, you mentioned at one time of not plowing uh, the uh, hand, uh, I mean the, uh, the trail, not plowing the trail, not following. Um, you mentioned that you were not going to be grooming. Yeah. A portion of the Quayle Trail, only the state park portion on the Quayle Trail. Is that correct? I'm not even following what you're asking. The part that goes on the BLM, you would not really know. No, I, no, we're still the the Quayle Trail is still the the Quayle Trail. Okay, so you're still. Can you hold on? Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Hey, well, ask the question publicly, and then we'll have Ryan come back and answer. How's that? Okay. All right. All right. Um, we're just asking. Go ahead. Okay. Is the Coyote Trail still going to be groomed? Is it still going to have uh, someone patrolling? Okay. That's the question. Yes, that's the question. That's the question. Got it. Yeah. Um, okay. I just uh, want to just. Um, Say to you that you guys sitting up here have a lot of responsibility as how Hans P. North populates. Because at Hans P., we don't have a mayor, we don't have a city council. You guys are the ones that make our life better or worse. Now, there have been several mistakes made throughout the history. The first mistake that the county made was giving Steamboat Lake Outfitters a permit to operate a snowmobile. I don't know. Wait a minute. Excuse me, sir. Can I sir. please talk? No, you may not until I'm finished. Just a minute. At the onset of the public portion, I guess I made it, I made it quite clear that we were going to be discussing and receiving comments public, from the public on items that were just come up this evening. Like this is all we're not into it. Another, what, uh, this is all getting to it. Will you please let me speak and get to it? I don't know what you're in a hurry. You know, you've already made your mind. Can I please maybe convince them? Excuse me? Can I please talk to them? I don't think that's what you said. I, you know, I said you've already made your mind up. I see. Yeah. Your friends with Stan. Friends with Brian, who were coaching Brian the last time we met. So it's obvious. So I'd like to be able to speak. 
Fine, it's not long. <clears throat> Go ahead. What I'm saying is, you guys have the responsibility of how, how we live up there. You know, you're the ones that, that are making it where that we live in peace and quiet, or whether it's a snowmobile back up there. I'm sorry I get upset, but you know, we're the ones having to deal with it. We got to come to you. There's nobody else to go to. And what I'm saying, this is a mistake. We had a mistake 30 years ago when the county authorized a permit for a snowmobile operation right in the middle of the village. Now, who would now that wouldn't be done today, but it was done back then, and it took four years to get them out. The next mistake that the state parks made with a developer who was also one of the promoters for Seabolic Outfitters happened in 2000. And, well, it started in 2001, and then it went, and, then, and that was to put a trail right adjacent to the Hans Peak Village, 80 feet, 100 feet from people's houses. Well, that was a mistake. And it took three years to get that remedy. I mean, how much is the village supposed to take? Now we have this. There is a residential area there. I mean, there are there are regulations in the county that says you can't have a snowmobile operation next to a residential area. And that needs to be looked at. And you guys are the ones that have to look at it. These are million dollar properties. When I bought my property and started building my studio there, which is a house, looks like a barn. I never knew this stuff was coming up, but that's a mistake. So here we are again. It, we're going to be involved in a fight for a long time. And it's going to be a, it's a mistake. This thing is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. It's going to spread out. And I think what's going to happen, people are going to see this, and I think the whole metal system will be tracked up. There was one track on that metal this winter where people stayed on the trail. And I think the trail of it, the trail that accessed the forest should be right there where their operations going. It's a short track. And let's get rid of the Quayley Trail in the front of the of the uh, residential area because that lucky gap we had to give back because the state parks would not give up the trail going along the village unless they had a trail given to them so we had to go out and find one otherwise we would have snowmobiles and four-wheelers and dirt bikes running up and down that trail and they you would think that the state parks would have, after a week of getting a bunch of black from the residents, would have said, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, that's not a good idea. We'll just make it non-motorized. No, it took three years. So this is what I'm saying. You guys are the ones that need to represent us. We don't have anyone else. So I'm asking that you vote no, or you give us 
a month or two months or something. So we can finish dealing with the legislators that we are talking to now. Because this is not this is not going to fly. <laughs> there's too many people building homes there. It's, there's other places they can find. Hey. Next, please. Just maybe you all want to take a break. Excuse me. I would suggest possibly that you all may want to take a break. No. Okay. Uh, We're good. Ty Lockhart here. I'm not. I have adjoining property immediately adjacent to the, to the Quailing area. I'm not here in that regard. I'm here as a long-time native of Route County. Um, I think we're missing the boat here. I think we're looking at 25 mile an hour speed limits when we ought to be looking at the bigger picture. Uh, in my world, before I make a decision, I ask myself, is the reward worth the risk? Is the reward worth the risk? In this case, what's the risk? The risk is going to be that we have a, a, a diminishing view of Hans Peak, putting in, putting, as Shirley showed, putting something in the forefront of that view, which is the focal point of one of the best, best views in the county, if not the state. It would detract from the view quarter for that, for that mountain forever. That's the risk. What's the reward? The reward is a new location for a snowmobile money making operation. No, this is not for an operation, but only for only a change in location. So it's not whether you want a snowmobile location or not, it's just a different location. Okay, so is it worth putting that risk, that reward? Your choice. Um, Okay. Another question I asked before I decided to ask myself in 20 years, what, what is more likely to be remembered? Okay, this takes the time sensitivity out of the equation. You all have made this type of decision an hour ago. You chose to come to this meeting rather than stay home and watch a movie with your, your wife. Okay. That has a that will have a larger impact on the county being here today making this decision that then we'll be watching TV. Thank you for being here. Please do not make a short term, a short term decision that affects the long term for, for, for the future generations. Think further down the road, long term. I personally am frankly dismayed that the state park is wrecked, even is making this request. It's, it's extremely short-term in their thinking, and in my opinion, it goes against their commitment to, quote, the austere of Colorado natural resources. How does putting, uh, the, putting this development, parking off and all this other stuff there, be being a good steward of natural resources? I think it's a slap in the face. Um, so I would urge you to look at the long term. However, if you do approve this, I would ask you the following cons uh, considerations. One is to make the area that's proposed here only be used during the winter. Okay. The, the history of this thing is when the state first came in, they, 
they promised, okay, that it was only going to be used for open space and no other use except for the Quayley cabin, which is already there. Several years later, parks came in and got what they have approval now with a couple more cabins and other stuff. Okay, now they're asking for this with snowmobiles. It's the old camel's nose under the tent, and you can see it coming. Okay, next summer, next two years from now, be in there say, Well, we've already got the parking lot built, we've already got the trail. So, why don't we make this a campground and we'll dig another bigger amphitheater there and, and we'll let motorcycles use the trail up the forest? Okay, it's going to grow, it's just the nature of the beast. So I urge you in your approval to make it clear that this is just for winter use. If, if they want to go to summer use, then come back and ask for that. Um, I'm going to ask that during the summer, walk off the entrance down here, because that parking lot is going to be very inviting for people to walk up to and park all summer long. Okay. Speaking of parking, they're saying six parking spaces. I think this through with me. Six trailers. Four four um, machines on a trailer, twenty four machines. That's the minimum of twenty four people right there. Okay, and then you have the staff for each of those. That's another six. You have the maintenance staff, etc. That's another six plus six trailer spaces. So you up to forty to fifty parking spaces. That parking lot is going to be big. Okay, I would suggest making it very uninviting during the um, limit the number of snowmobiles. Talk about that. I'm not smart enough to figure out the speed limit, but I know one thing that the faster you go, the more noise you make. So, noise is a pollution. <laughs> the neighbors are concerned about the noise pollution. Keep it at 25. I, I'm not smart enough to, to know a machine that has to go more than 25 hours because it quits, but it won't go faster than 65. Um, and wetlands. The county did not require wetlands to be cut there. Normally, when the procedure goes through, you have to have a wetlands survey, hire, hire somebody to go up and see if there are wetlands there, and so show where they are. The county didn't think that was necessary. In this application, it says that the county will disturb, excuse me, the applicant will disturb some wetlands. Okay. Um, where okay. so I would just just say that the define what little damage of our lens will occur. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh anyone else? There's one person on Zoom. No, they wouldn't care. There is one on Zoom, you said? Mm -hmm. But they're not indicating they want to speak anything. Okay. Okay, hearing none, now I'm going to close the uh, public comment portion of this evening. Uh, Ryan, there's one question out there. Do you propose continue to groom Wavy Trail? Yes. Okay, fine. Um, Sally, Alan, any comments? I mean, uh, yeah, I got a few. Give me one second.
So while you're looking at you know, one other thing, I, I have it in my head that I think you committed to locking that gate off hours. Am I dreaming that in the last? It's still going to be, yeah, it'll be gated year round. Okay. And signed. And what? And that's in a proposal. I thought so. All right, I don't know why the, the screen is not coming up. Hmm. Um, so yeah, there is a condition that says the gate will be, uh, or the road access will be gated and signed. Um, the alternative locations that Ms. Scott proposed, those are all located within the non-motorized use area of the park. So unless the park completely changes their management plan, uh, those, those sites are, are not feasible. Um, the state park operates, they're not just uh, their land steward, but they're also a state park. And as Sally mentioned, staff viewed this proposal in light of the overall management goals of the state park. And through that analysis, staff determined that it would benefit the, the overall management of the park by separating motorized and non-motorized uses, reducing the number of snowmobiles that have to cross County Road 129, uh, reducing the number of snowmobiles that must pass by Huntsville Village, and reducing the amount of time that concessionaire snowmobiles spend on the quality parcel. So I do want to try to bring up the, the winter use map that they have for the park. So something with the communication. A number two popped up on the screen that I did not recognize why that here popped up. Um, so where Lucky Camp, Lucky Camp filing is, that's a large ridge that separates the Coily parcel from Hans Peak Village. And so currently the concessionaire has to travel south around the lake and past that Sage Flats area, which is directly across 129 from Hans Peak Village. So by moving this concessionaire from the marina and preventing them from having to travel by Sage Flats and right across the street from the village, the impacts to the village are going to be reduced because there are less snowmobiles passing right in front. And then there's also the crossing of 129, which is, I mean, whenever you cross a road on any kind of vehicle, it's it's can be dangerous, especially with four, five, six foot snow banks. That makes it even more dangerous. And again, it will reduce the amount of the concessionaires snowmobiles on the Quayley parcel. And I mean, I haven't been up there in the winter, but considering that that ridge that Lucky Camp is on is pretty significant and it separates the Quayley parcel from the village, it's hard to believe that there will be significant impacts to the village, increased significant impacts because of this use 
again, it's SAS opinion that because those snowmobiles won't have to be traveling through Sage Glass and by Hans Peak and crossing 129, that the impacts will be reduced. Uh, questions for other staff for the petition at this point? Please pull the comment for us. I'm sorry? Is the public comment for us? Yes, it is. I'm oh, sorry, I was thinking. Uh, and I got, I've got one other comment. Sure. Um, there was a request for tabling. Um, we have all of the information that we need to move forward. Right. This will be heard by the 40 county commissioners. So this is a recommendation to, to the board. And so it's staff's recommendation that you review the application and you make a recommendation based on our typical review of any, any application, whether it's a state park or a private operation, and make the, make the determination whether there are significant negative off-site impacts that cannot be mitigated. And then that recommendation will go to the Board of County Commissioners. And if in the meantime, we receive additional information that the state land board has changed their mind or that there's been some action from the Department of Natural Resources, then we can address it with the Board of County Commissioners. But again, as of right now, the county has all of the information, all of the sign-offs, all of the approvals that we need from the landowners, the applicants, everybody to proceed with this application. That's enough, Alan. Whatever decision is made doesn't restrict conversations between the park and the community moving forward. So. Well, and then to take it one notch further, when we adjourned and tabled this matter on April, Six, the real the ridiculous. Um, the direction was, or the request was, of of Ryan, as well as the public, to get together and make a concentrated effort to resolve some of those issues. It seems to me that that has taken place. It may not be to the satisfaction of everybody, but it seems to me it's taken place. And I know personally, I really thought that it was the cranes that was driving that. My thoughts, anyway. And it seems to me that's been addressed as well. So to that extent. Mission accomplished. Any Lucky Camp is not a residential subdivision, correct? It's a it's agricultural land that's been packed up into thirty fives. It's a it's a thirty five acre subdivision. Yes, that's so you could put a residence. You can put on residences on thirty fives, right. but it's zoned agricultural right now. Well, and I think where you're coming from with that is that in the previous master plan, there was a policy that stated that 35 acre subdivisions shall not be considered residential subdivisions. Well, and they're taxed as it's taxed as a agricultural piece of land and enjoys the benefits of extremely it, it low depends. taxes. Yeah, it depends. I mean, but to that point, also, we heard tonight there were several comments about home values. Um, in the area, and as you all know, and for the record, that is not part of your consideration of the kinds of homes or the home values when you're considering a land use permit or from this specific application. And would you would you say the primary, like when I look on Google Earth or on our on the GIS, it's it seems more of a recreational use on the property versus residential like i see 
Maybe that's not true. Maybe possibly campers and like agricultural outbuildings. And I know Google doesn't update uh, quite fast enough, and neither does the imagery on the GIS. But um, it's 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 it hasn't been built out at this point right now. The most part, that's correct. Bill, you have your hand up. Stan recommended that we leave the speed limit in, and then listening to Ryan and, and looking at the area, I like leaving the speed limit in, but changing the number. And if it's been that way for 30 years, that smaller number, a faster number of machines going through there, get, get the noise done, get them out of there. I don't understand why we have to be but I do like 40 or 35 cents in that area. Look at uh, maybe. Sorry, Bill, is that a mixed use trail? Or is it just for snowmobiles? It's mixed use. Mixed use. Anything that's a snowmobile trail groomed as a snowmobile trail is groomed multiple use. And, you know, the 25, taking my experience from working on the mountain, the, well, the speed limits are usually related to minimizing potential conflicts between motorized and non-motorized users. That's why we have a 25 mile an hour speed limit that was imposed up on the mountain for that specific purpose. Except that if there's none on the BL and none of the Forest Service. Yeah, I, I, that, is, that is part of our discussion that we can continue on. But the, the previous 25 quite possibly had some relation to and staff might be able to talk about, about the multiple uses and reducing or minimizing impacts or potential conflicts. I could be completely off, but I'm just trying to think out loud about right. why we had those feelings. And I also will say though, there are exceptions to that speed limit based on operations. So Paul, you had your hand up? Yeah, I have a um, number of thoughts with this speed limit. Actually, this is sort of working into the round table. It is. Like, yeah, well, we, we have questions for staff usually, and then the applicant can, um, can yeah, answer questions. But yeah, I have questions. Um, so on page three, on your staff comments, there's just a line that says, oh, um, but Rowe County has no legal authority to enforce the conditions of approval of the state. So when I'm going to the speed limit idea, I'm wondering where this came from, which, you know, probably you just didn't want people screaming down the road. I get that. Um, safety is clearly an issue. That's why we are limiting the number of machines going across County Road 129. And so when I look at the speed limit, I, I and see it as a, as a non-issue. And that really what we need to say is, is to give the state park the ability to provide a safe um, speed limit for the public. That's my opinion. Yeah. I think that kind of underlies a lot of the, this application 
you know, it's in, in, in the county's input and weigh in on this application because their management strategies being implement, implemented and entrusted into the park, like, for example, keeping snowmobiles out of the open space, little tariff field, and regulating for safety and multiple use purposes. And I think, Paul, you, you, you summed that up pretty well as far as getting into the details of Posing management into the state and the county's role in the whole discussion. Thank you. I, I thought I was reading that correctly. Uh, yeah, the only thing that I think you said is quite right. I think <clears throat> by moving the concessionaire across 129, there'd actually be less of him crossing. And I don't think you said it that way, but it's okay. I just want that clear. And I, I did. I, I understood from staff that in the in applicant the that there's going to be less traffic. There's going to be less crossing of the highway. Yes. All in all, there's a lot of safety going on here that's being um, driven by this being a growth area within our county recreationally. And this is um, just a, an initial step to take to mitigate what could continue to go on for another 20 years. So, one my, as an aside, one of my favorite thoughts in another 20 years is an electric snowmobile. It, would, it won't be about sound, it'll be how fast you go. Um, only because I think you started it. So what is your position on the 25 mile hour speed limit? Because we're working into the round table. I, I, think, I think we shouldn't, I don't think it's up to, for us to discuss and let the uh, state set their own speed limit with appropriate signage. For safety, so take it out of the conditions, yes. Okay. And then, as long as I have you, <laughs> um, the other issue we wanted to talk about is are you comfortable and do you believe that by relocating the concessionaire to the new location, a better job is being done of mitigating the, the views? I think it, I think it's the best job that can be done without disturbing more of the resources there. Okay. I, I have a question. Um, sure. Alan, you mentioned the state parks and the motorized versus non-motorized zones and that they are in control of that. And what is the restriction there? What, what would be a timetable? How could they make adjustments there to better accommodate some of the ideas that was, were brought forth in public comment on uh, the east side. Of that would be more of a question for Ryan because that's a that's the parks management plan and the county doesn't get involved in, in that stuff. So I, I, I can't use that. Can I ask? Ryan, sure. Yeah. Ryan, what, what, what would it take to look at changing some of the Policies around motorized versus non-motorized. Right. Um, you would have a lot more people in this room than you do if I was to start next to non-motorized areas. It would probably be a non-starter for us because we can't really put snowmobiles going through those areas that are campgrounds for safety reasons. We have hardened, you know, those standing steel barbecue pits. We have picnic tables and we have electric pedestals. We've got a ton of infrastructure that people would be able to be something that they could smack 
know, we could be dealing with more injuries, I think, that way. Um, for safety purposes is why we've always kind of given that to the non-motorized guy community, and it's really easy for us to groom our interior roads for them and make loops. Um, and it's it's a lot more protected over the, there as well. Um, so it doesn't snow in as bad, get blown in. When the snowmobilers, the snowmobilers have the more open side of the of the park in the south and the west side where they can deal with a lot more drifts and stuff. But the skiers, snowshoers don't mind, but the skiers kind of like corduroy flat as can be. Um, and so if we can limit the drifting, it makes it a better, it's a better location for them. It's just in a more dangerous location, I guess that's what we can do. Okay. Yeah, your question. That's that. And my question was, thank you. So, as long as you were speaking, do you have what, do you have a position on the twenty-five mile an hour speed limit? Well, I think it can't be enforced for one thing. Uh, it's a performance issue and a potentially you know, overheating. I'm not a, don't ride snowmobiles much, so I don't know a whole lot about it personally. But from talking to hearing from the experts, it sounds like they need to go faster than 25 miles an hour. Um, so I, I'm, I'm for removing that speed limit. Okay. Uh, and then the second part of the discussion is um, your feelings in terms of the new new location for the concessionaire. I mean, I think I think they've moved it away and back and tried to tuck it in and do the best they can. Are you comfortable with that? And is that, in your opinion, enough to mitigate as best they possibly can the views? Honestly, no. I I I I think it's. I, a potentially an eyesore there. I understand the concerns of the, um, the citizens of Hans Peak about that. Um, you know, I, I don't know about other alternatives though. It sounds like it's safe. It's, there are some mitigation efforts um, to put it there as far as interruptions on uh, community of Hans Peak, but you know, as far as interrupting the, the scenery and Maintaining the proximity still to the Hans Peak community. I'm not positive about it. Okay. Andy, where to go? Sure. Um, first off the bat, I don't appreciate the impugning the characters of members of this board, understanding the frustration that you have. It's important to remember that we're volunteers in this particular application and hearing. Um, we are making recommendations. We are not a deciding board um, as far as protections. Your county, the county board is who really has the end say on this. So um, I, I don't think it's very fair to to, to impugn the, the character of members who are here volunteering their time. With that said, um, there was mention about the area being a snowmobile mecca. Um, I personally believe that recreation is reaching a critical mass here in the valley. 
Um, I do recognize that recreation needs more infrastructure to accommodate these uses and to decrease impacts. Um, most of the impacts occur very close to our trailheads and our infrastructure is lacking in those ways and uh, giving uh, these um, institutions the tools they need to address that infrastructure is one of the ways that we can help with that. Um, the impacts of the visual corridor, I kind of agree with Pete. Um, I think this will have an impact on the visual corridor and that scenery right there. Um, I think it's important to understand that landscapes change over time. And there was a time when mining was the primary activity in this region and the landscape looked significantly different. Um, I'm wondering if there are some future plantings that could occur that might help mitigate some of the visual impacts. I like the location behind the aspen stand a little bit better and possibly some additional aspen plantings granted for, for this group won't have the impacts today, but in the future could possibly offer some mitigation with the recognizing that watering is necessary to keep plant material alive, it remains to be a challenge. Um, uh, the development of the parcel for some of summer uses, I think it's important to note that additional uses will have to be permitted and, and will have a public process. Right now we're dealing with some relocation of the snowmobile tours. And we do recognize that there is the potential for additional uses on this piece of property. Um, there was a comment about the wetlands. And I think, again, it's also important to know that the Army Corps of Engineers in Colorado has jurisdiction over wetlands. And we have in the county very limited ability to manage our local wetlands. Uh, with regards to the 25 mile an hour speed limit, I think the comment, I, I understand the need to do it. And I agree with the comments that were made uh, previously about allowing the state park to manage that. Um, there was one specific comment that there were no tracks in the field this winter. And I think that actually shows that some of the signage and the efforts that the park is putting forth are actually working, at least in this one particular instance, we have hope that they will continue to work. Um, and your other question, the last question that you had was relating to the location. Yes. I think, you know, I think some additional mitigation could help and plantings could help with that. Yep. But generally you're in favor of it. The one, the one thing I think that we have to, that the impact that we can actually address is within that, the visual corridor that exists. Like it's easy for us to all recognize the significance of that view of that meadow. Okay. So where are we going with that? Uh, I don't know if the impacts are enough uh, to say no. Because again, this is a land use decision. This isn't about right. our personal opinions. Yeah. yeah. I can agree personally that there will be some impacts. Can those impacts be mitigated? Possibly. Can, and, and do those impacts, are they significant to, to say no? I don't know if they go that far. 
I recognize that additional recreation areas, especially around the park, will be continued to become more developed in the future out of necessity. Um, and having those developments and impacts occur closer to the park instead of spreading them out, I think is more in line with good planning and keeping impacts contained versus allowing them to spread. And, and, and you are allowing the concessionaires only there during the winter. Yes, in this application, what we are considering is a, it is a winter yeah. impact. I mean, having, well, I think Ryan described it relatively well, and that is the view, at least of the new location, is probably minimal and is probably restricted to southbound traffic on 129 above, I guess I want to say, or north of the site. And after that, we hard to see it. From the county standpoint. From 129 standpoint. Versus individual right. uh, lots. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. I, I would say I'm reluctant to throw my support behind this in its current configuration, but I don't see any or I've heard anything oh, that that pushes me to have a foundation for saying no. Got it. It's like, gotcha. Okay, Bill. I think we're running into best management we could possibly do with this area to the use. It's not abuse, and so. It looks better than it did, so we're happy on deck. And I hadn't thought about the 25 mile an hour going the way out like that, rather than just up to number. So it's more signs, stay on the trail. It's not, I didn't mean it to go away. I meant for them to manage the number, manage the number for conversation that the motors get more efficient and they're, and they're not as loud. They can reduce the speed limit down, and or however, just when technology evolves, they can they can move that number with technology. If we could give that to Ryan, well, I think if I don't know which goal is more critical or important, but I think as Andy pointed out earlier. I think Ryan and his folks are doing a reasonably decent job because there didn't, there were no meadow incursions. Incursions. The first spot that I would, I would, incursions, yeah. I would want to dip off right off of that trail into that giant meadow and do huge giant cow turns on a sled. It is, it is perfect for that. So the fact that it actually didn't occur. I think speaks a little bit more to how some of the information was working in a positive fashion. Because what snowmobiles work off of the heat exchange system, it's incredibly simple and antiquated. And without that snow being thrown on these heat exchangers, that's why they overheat. It's a it's a, it's how the sleds are designed. And I like how you're thinking that. This this will hopefully be kept, technology will start to catch up a little bit 
because um, not much has changed on that front in snowmobile design. What we're dealing with that now is, is speed limit that's been antiquated by technology. Yeah. And so if we can let CP, if we let um, the park do what it needs to do, I think they'll manage it just fine because they want they want safety for the public just as much as we do. Sure. Assume. Assume, yep. Okay. Yes, yes. You're done. Thank you. Brad. Um, I certainly heard what the resident said very clearly. A couple thoughts there. We all remember what this state was like when we got here. Some of us are natives, others of us have been here a long time. But the state has grown dramatically throughout our lifetime. That we could all agree on. And with that comes impact. It's what Andy described that we have more people throughout the state going out and recreating in more areas and more numbers. That's the long and short of it. And, it, you know, so from that end, if you're trying to manage the thing, it would seem to be that you would want to manage it in an area where you can control it. Because I've heard reports of unmanaged snowmobile operations in North Route, which none of us want. Um, so it, it seems better the devil you know in that respect than you don't know. I did live in North Route for 12 years. I was two miles south of Hansby Village and uh, about two miles north of Willow Creek Pass. But even there, I heard the snowmobiles going by on a very regular basis. It was just part of life up there. Um, and I think, you know, when you move into that area, you need to expect that to some degree. That doesn't mean you want them running down the streets of Hans Peak. Um, we didn't discuss this, but I gather these 25 or 30 snowmobiles are going to be up at that site. Yes. Um, and, and I heard mention about vehicles and how are you going to get the vehicle from there. And you have this parking area that saves flats. I didn't hear anything about transport vans, even for this mile or two, just to keep people out of the parking area. If that's a problem. So just a thought I'm putting out there that if, if that's an issue that you don't have enough parking space, well, we've had other applications come through here where vans are used to get them, get your guests to your site. I think, Brian, the parking is employee parking on that site. Employee that they, and, and they're snowmobiling in. And that they're trying to address the Correct me if I'm wrong, but clients won't be, will clients be parking on the site? I believe so. For me? Okay, sure. Um, so he has the current concessionaire has a shuttle van, shuttle bus. So he uses that and um, clients also pull into the site. Okay, so then sometimes it's, sometimes, but well, I guess to say on the park, it's usually one or the other because he doesn't run that many tours. So sometimes as three or four cars will pull up if they're trying to fill up a group or one van. So it seems like we should be using that as a management tool to limit the size of the parking lot and the impact on the ground is simply limit the vehicles on the site. That, however you do that, uh, your sign. I know. Yeah, I am. <laughs> but you, you get to take your turn too, so. <laughs> um, I, I don't have a problem with the 25 mile an hour speed limit. I know that's a moving target. Uh, but for now, uh, 
it, it seems to make a certain amount of sense. And then Andy and others can get out of that powder, I guess. You know, uh, I kind of like the idea of eliminating the Quigley Trail, uh, which is the closest impact to the village. If you're moving your operations up to there and it's just a short jog up to the main, you know, the, the remainder of the Quigley Trail, uh, I guess I'm failing to see what keeping that lower part that goes through the BLM couple vines. I'm failing to see what that's really accomplishing. That's for the balance of the public. Oh, that's, that's the public. public. That's the public. That's the public. That's the state or to the national forest. Okay, yeah. so they're they're coming across and crossing the county road anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if that's the case, how come they can't go up to this one location? What's magic about the Quailing Trail? <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. If it's how they go, yeah, I understand that. But if you're trying to move an impact away, well, I think we are moving the impact away. I, I and I remember I looked up there. I had when I drove up to Hans Peak in the winter. I was one of the things I was really nervous about was people coming out of Sage Flats, where all of a sudden they're on the roadbed or near the roadbed, and you're trying to drive down the highway, and here's these snowmobiles just off the road. But that road goes all the way through. I thought that you could connect up to where this operation is going to be without using the Quayley Trail. Mm -hmm. so, and so, maybe it doesn't take that type of look. So there's the parking lot at Columbine and the parking lot at the end of 550. And those parking lots are getting maxed out. And so the way to help alleviate the pressure on those the Forest Service, the county, and the state parks got together to say, hey, come and park at the state park because we have an access to the national forest. First, it was the trail, the Poverty Bar Trail, just right next to the village. And then once they acquired the Quayley parcel, they were able to put, stop using the Poverty Bar Trail and start using the trail on the Quayley parcel to get people from the parking lot that the Forest Service, the county, and the state park were directing people to, to the National Forest. I get it. I get the rest of the picture. <laughs> so yeah, it's, I mean, and, and to, again, to the to petitioner's point, in effect, what's happened, we're taking at least a connection, concession here and moving him across. So he doesn't have to cross by 29. There's that fewer cross. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I get it. It was a good thought, but I get the reality. <laughs> you already invited the neighborhood in, so you are kicking out. Um, I don't, you know, tabling doesn't accomplish a thing, I, you know, at this point. This application's been out there a year. Uh, I don't know what additional information we would be presented that would enlighten us, you know, further as to we, we get what's going on here. It's a commercial operation on a state park that's coming close to a residential area that the natives are concerned about. That's fundamentally what's going on. And if I lived there, I suppose I would be con equally concerned. Um, the, uh, I already hit the 25. The structures are coming out in the summer, I gather. That's what the trailers do. Uh, there was a comment about uh, choosing to come tonight. I think that was from Ty. Rather than watch the movie, now we'd be watching the Nuggets. We'd be watching the Nuggets. Well, there you go. So, where are you on the speaker? 25. You want to leave it? You want to leave it? 
And where are you on the relocation of the concessionaires' operations in the winter deck, which is now moved behind the gap? Uh, my last thought I didn't actually say was well, something they have up there to screen a lot of is snow. Why can't they burn up snow? That's already been proposed. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's in there somewhere. But it's actually fire. It's conditioned. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, it was a, it was initially a proposal for mitigation, but it was deemed not exactly adequate based on variable conditions. But it's, but it's still in there. Is it not? I don't think that was taken out. It, 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 it wasn't ever a condition of it. It was part of the standard. It's just part of the operation plan. Okay. Yeah. There you go. I, 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 I just think that has some garbage. Well, that's yeah. what he talked about. Yeah. It's burning up and the hell tied it that way. Because right? uh, you're not going to get trees to grow in the wood. It worked in there. Thanks. So I think we ought to bring that snow burning back because we're going to have a cleared area. Be able to do something with the snow here. And that, so now I'm going to put some words in your mouth, perhaps. You'd like to see a condition that, in effect, requires the operator to use snow as a burning tool in order to further mitigate the vehicle. Yes. For one story structure. Isn't that the quail yeah. I didn't see anything in the pictures that Tally's shown us that. They all were low lying things, snowmobiles, trailers, you know, eight, 10 feet high. Right. Well, heck, you know, I live out in a, not a snow belt of the county, but I have 15 foot high burns in places, yeah. just meat stacking stuff. And then okay. when I lived up there, I don't know what I would have done, kept driving up on top. Did you get that, Andy? No. <laughs> the condition? Yeah. But uh, how, how do you stipulate during snow years that the berm height will be <clears> not to exceed maximum heights to exceed? Not, no, you know, no. And then is the 25 Ryan enough to for you to say no? If if the majority or a motion was made that would be in, ex, in excess or allowing the park to set its to manage its speed limits, is that enough for you to be against the uh, future potential motion? Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty firm on 25. I think there's something to set for is my opinion of it. And I, I get the deal, but I also, we, we just got a snowmobile from my daughter. It's a 950 and that thing, we ran it for a thousand or fifteen hundred feet, which is the distance being talked about, and it didn't die on us, and we were going 15, 20 miles an hour. So that, that okay. was, I know not the snow. Two stroke or four stroke. Uh, now you're getting past me. Well, uh, that makes a difference. Uh, makes a difference in noise level too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh Linda. Uh, on the speed limit, I tend to agree with Paul and Andy that I think it's best managed by the state park that allows them to accommodate changes in the uh, type of snowmobiles that the concessionaire may have over time. If they can adjust whether they need to have a lower speed limit, higher speed limit, how it could be managed. Um, but I, I certainly think it, I guess, 
in theory, I like the idea of the slower they go, the better it would be till they get to the national forest. So it isn't like I think we need a higher speed limit. Um, I, I certainly would support recommending that I, they keep it as low as feasible type of recommendation, but I, I do feel like it can be managed by the park. Uh, as for the site mitigation, um, I like including Andy's idea. If we're going to put in some snow, you know, require snow berms, I would also think that the condition should be to the extent possible mitigate with some landscaping um, because not every year is going to allow for big snow berms. And I don't think it can hurt at all to recognize that as soon as you start planting something that shields that cabin area, uh, you know, trees take time, the better it would be because we do recognize that at some point they may be coming to us with a summer plan as well. And it certainly, uh, trees are gonna be the answer if there's a summer plan. And I guess I have a hard time arguing with trees. I think we can always put in some more trees. And I suspect from a watering standpoint, that area isn't that hard to water and get in new trees, but and I think it's challenge. I think it's that's the only challenge about making that recommendation that I have in my mind, because to do it efficiently, it requires a yard hydrant at the minimum, some type of access to water, and now you're developing a lot more. You know, you're developing more than the intention of being minimal impact. Staff, to, you know. The next thing is a, is a water truck or a tank. Do they have staff to even accommodate that? So I bring the trees up because I think it's a, a potential solution. I don't know if it's practical to implement it. At this point. At the, and especially up there, we dealt with that on the SLO site, you know, and, and they had landscaping backgrounds and struggled to grow trees in North Route. It's, it's definitely challenging, and all vegetation needs water for a minimum years to get established. Well, and that's why I say I would defer to your thought on whether it makes sense to make it a condition or just to say. I don't know if I would go to a condition. Okay. It pops up in our discussion, and I think that the park is possibly best to address that and how they might address it in the future. Okay. Um, only because we're talking about these burbs, snow burbs. I, I guess you, it was in staff report though, it wasn't in the narrative, was it? I mean, Sally, I'm reading a one line an eight foot snow burn will be constructed to obstruct the view of the operations from 129. Is it a condition? It's not, I don't know if it's right. condition or not. So, so um, Brian can provide some um, feedback as far as the gaps that we had and some questions and requirements that we asked them and on how do you mitigate oh, okay. visual aesthetics and the response given our ability to potentially limit the details and engagement with the part was um, push-ups and snowbirds. 
So there you go. And maybe it wasn't like totally uh, planned, but if I don't, I don't know if it seems reasonable. I think one thing to consider in this whole situation that keeps coming up is really the intention is to minimize impact. Right. And visual impacts are one impact, right? But uh, user trails based on snow and build up that snow, the deeper snow that branch out, you know, that could execute that can be one impact. Creating snow berms in the winter when there's not a lot of snow, you're pulling it from A to move to B, that can create more impact. Landscaping and maintaining, you know, keeping that balance with some of the intention for visual can potentially have more impact on the resources that are really there and leave more impact and concentrated. Sure. And those, those snow burns were proposed when everything is going to be in front of the trees. And and right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. now it's moved behind the trees and behind the cabin. Um, it might not be necessary for those snow burns, but they are going to exist. Yeah. Yeah. Areas and get in and use it. So snow burns will exist. It's just a question of how tall they will be and if they will achieve the goal. I mean, I guess you could require all the snow to be plowed eastward so that or westward. Westward, yeah. And southward, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, in years like this past year, you're pushing it wherever you have room to. Not necessarily in a, I mean, you start off with a plan, but halfway through this winter, I was like, all right, well, I guess I got to throw it over my head instead of in front of me. Yeah, that's why I don't favor it as a condition. It's it's going like Alan said. It's going to happen through the normal snow removal operations, but I wouldn't rely on it from a mitigation standpoint. the The location is the location of the structure is more critical from a mitigation standpoint than I think the berms. And again, vegetation. I throw it out there, but I just I don't know how in these locations. You make that a requirement when the establishment of the plant material is so challenging. So I think I, I'm sure Ryan has heard us talk, right. <laughs> and the county commissioners will hear this discussion. Um, I don't know that requirement is a necessity for skewing my support. How about this? Uh, I think this is probably reasonable. And again, I'm not. This is not a condition, but I think to summarize where the commissioners are. The concessionaire, under the direction of Ryan, should take advantage of using snow as a mitigator to um, obstruct the view as best as possible, and just leave it on that basis. I mean, it's almost like an act. I think it's going to happen anyway, whether you like it or not, because you got to move the snow. But at least we're sensitive to that and trying to accomplish something along those lines. Does that make sense? Um, as the petitioner indicated at the onset of these proceedings, the entire goal was to accommodate all of the recreational activities that take place in the area 
to the public satisfaction, to everyone's satisfaction. And this is part ultimately being driven by the fact that they have a concessionaire, which currently year was in the wintertime occupies the parking lot, a part of the parking lot. Um, and that he's occupying space that the ice fishing people can do, the, the skate skiers, the cross-country skiers, the snowshoers, anybody in the ice, anybody that wants to go to state steamboat lake state park in the wintertime is going to compete for the parking place and by moving the concessionaire across the road is freeing up more space for the public that makes perfect sense to me and i get it um i think that the cabin which is property that's already owned by the by the state is a good choice it gets less snowmobile traffic crossing 129. That makes perfect sense to me. It's a net decrease in snowmobile traffic. Because we have to think about the concessionaire isn't the only one that's up there. Um, I like the fact that the concessionaire is obligated to take down the structures once the season is over with. That makes sense to me. I think it appeased, I think Ryan has appeased the concerns about the Sandhill cranes that's been done. Um, I think that by locating the concessionaire back behind the cabin makes sense. And I suppose given the options that not, I suppose given the options that are available, that probably is the best one that's out there. Um, the 25 mile an hour speed limit thing, I think one of the members of the public stated it perfectly and Andy, you focused on it. The fact that there was no tracks in the meadow tells me, as I think it did you, that the state's doing a nice job in terms of monitoring that and patrolling it. And I think that to leave that speed limit in place is probably mistaken, it's outdated. And so to that extent, you can pretty much tell that's where I'm at. So, any other questions or discussion? I will entertain a motion. But my favorite Brian's beside himself. I know. <laughs> okay. On the screen too. Um, hey, yours, mine didn't you not? I'm trying to find mine. You want a printer version? Sure. I'm sure. Look at that. Yep. I was going to prove this application. Recommended to the Board of County Commissioners with the findings of facts one through three as written and the uh, conditions one through seven as written, except that I'd like to do away with uh, yeah, this behind it. That work? Uh, actually, I think it does, but I want to make sure that F is the one. Yeah, it is. It is? Okay. So we have a motion from Commissioner Norris. Um, 
Second. Was that you, Paul? Yeah. And a second from Paul. Uh, friendly amendment. How so? You were referring to the findings of fact one through three as written on page three of 20. Yep. And the conditions as revised starting on page four of 20 in the Route County in the memorandum provided. Yes. Okay. And that's where F is. As you, you may, if you recall, because I had the confusion as well, Andy, at the onset of the proceedings, um, these conditions supersede those that were presented on April 6th. So this is the group, yes. When you say F, that is F, which is under seven, well, six and seven. Seven might be in a weird spot, actually, but it's not F under cabins, it's F under well, impacts. F under no. automobile tours. It's F. It's period. two F, condition to sub right. thing F. Because the so snowmobile towards is C, and then there's one through seven under C, and then it starts over with D, E, F, yep. and then all the way through C. But with the, and Sarah will clean up all of those stripes and conditions, all that for the events. Done it. Well, 2C. 2C subcategory six cat subcategory seven then then it goes so you're two no no uh, two it, f two f it is two f two f perfect yes. I I guess again this yes. is where paper does me a little bit better hey Andy I got I got you but I like I like these thank you these are great okay so it almost worked no okay it's good. Do so we have a motion and a second? I think the motion is solid. Uh, discussion? A motion. I'd like to recognize that this is not a perfect solution to the problem, and it will require ongoing work between uh, stakeholders and the state park to continue to mitigate these challenges in the future, and that we're all sensitive to the needs and concerns of the residents in that area. Well said. All those in favor of the motion then please signify by saying yes. 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 Opposed, please say no. Chair votes yes. The petition PL I think. Book two two zero one zero one amended and will be presented to the Board of County Commissioners as such. Thank you. Next item on the agenda. Oak Creek Shop Lot Consolidation Rezone and Site Plan Review Activity PL 2023-0022. And who from uh, Michael? Yeah. Oh, Michael. Hey, Michael. There's um room here. Right. Oh, you're leaving. Yeah. So rude. 
Later, Andy. Bye, Alan. Right, you're more than welcome to hang around, but I don't know if I would. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I remember. Nugget game. Yeah, there's a nice joint right across the road here, just right over there. I appreciate your time. Thank you, sir. Is that? I don't think I have to share. Yeah. I can share this there. Use it where you would like. I'm not the here. Yeah, sure. Um, I don't know. We've got that. No, something goes on because it turns off. How did you turn yeah. it as a timeout? I turned it back off. It would push the button. Oh, well, you it goes in the sleep thing. mode or something. You know, you can just tap the screen and it'll turn on. No, and I tried that. But no, it's not. Are you guys connected? Raw County? Yeah. I was. Yeah. I got disconnected somehow, but I got that. I, I keep getting kicked off. Huh? I keep getting kicked off. Oh. I, and I can't get back on anything. I can't get it open. You're doing all the time. So once I get, I should be able to touch something and go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I should deliver the message for you. How do you do that? What button? I didn't know the power button. That button on the left hand side. shit. I never saw that. Never mind. And seriously, that's what you do with most of these songs. They act up. That's I good. They're bad. I mean, he got something that you need desperately to get started. Please. I did have, I, so I did have like a site plan and that's helpful. I don't know if you can hear that. Yeah, I guess like there. the best, maybe. Yeah, that'll work. Okay. Uh, so I'm Zach Chapter, I'm division manager of Road and Bridge. Um, I'm sure you guys have all seen the, the packet, but basically the county bought the lot behind where our current Oak Creek shop, maintenance shop is. Uh, we'd like to expand our yard a little bit. Scoria shed in, and it's we were informed that it was uh, zoned incorrectly. So that is currently ag forestry. The shop parcel is industrial, so we're just trying to consolidate a lot, change it to industrial use, and uh, yeah, expand a little, a little bit. Are you saying that the existing site zoned in incorrectly? No, the addition, the addition, yes. They were happy to hear that they had to go through these processes. So I'm sure they were just delighted. 
As our can, we always hold ourselves to the higher standard. Oh, yeah. Pull the setup on the GIS too, because that might be cool. Yeah, interactive maps. I disabled your GIS. Not yet. I learned my lesson. Don't worry. Always getting in trouble. That's not different. That's it right there. I I don't actually have anything in order that works. I took all this. I don't have it. Yeah, there. I feel like explaining where it is and what it does and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, Oak Creek is our district one maintenance shop. Um, we cover all the south route out of that. Basically, have a small one in Yampa, also park a couple graders in for the winter to cover south of Yampa. Um, but there's yeah, six graders in that shop, uh, two plow trucks, the little plow truck uh, for winter operations, and then Basically everything else we need for summer stuff. There's uh, belly dumps, dump trucks, culverts, um, trailers. You know, it's it's our uh, yeah maintenance shop. We base of operations. I guess I don't know how to explain it any better than that. But it's uh, it's right at the base of Twenty Mile when you come into Oak Creek. There, um, as you can see, the council was twenty seven and one thirty one. And uh, yeah, any other questions? Um, not yet. Thank you. Um, you want me to explain now? I'm looking at it. I mean, I think I'm looking at it. Okay, and I saw it. Oh, yeah. I'm looking around, looking right at it. You want to? Go sure. So yeah, they're so they're explaining the the process side of what they're wanting to do. Obviously, on our end, it's about why they have to go through us, um, just like any other applicants. Um, they have so so they've got this parcel to the north that they want to incorporate into the current operation. And because across the property, a property with different zone district, they are doing a consolidation of those two parcels. The reason because. We don't want to split some of the parcel and uh, site plan review for the actual application because in the industrial zone district there are no defined setbacks. Um, so I found this really cool picture that I'm pretty sure is somewhat near this. Oh wow! Um, yeah, but yeah, I just googled Oak Creek coal mine and that's that awesome. Yeah, um, it does serve a practical purpose. I'll get into it in a moment. Oh. Um, so this site was a loadout facility for the local coal mine. Um, the Rotor Bridge has used it since 1974. Um, there was a site plan review done in 2016 for the expansion of the existing structure, um, and they did a subdivision approved in 2018. Um, that on the parcel to the north, that's zone A. Um, that parcel was split off of a larger parcel. And so it's not really that that's what happened before this, but that's just kind of the history of how that became its own parcel. Um, and this picture, I think, actually does a really good job of showing the history of the land and how it's kind of bizarre right now, like with all the different grades and 
the old bills and cuts and things for for there. Um, and then those become relevant um, when we talk about the, the planning portion of this. Um, the applicant's uh, proposal, so with the, with the consolidation, they want to take these two properties, which I can find the mouse there on this parcel right down here, um, which is currently platted, and then this is the lot to the north. And so Roadbridge purchased this in 2019, and the results would become one large parcel like this. Um, and so that's the consolidation aspect of things. The zone change is because the expansion parcel is zone to ag forestry, and the current parcel is industrial. Um, and actually, it needs to be industrial just for the operation that they're doing. It's, it's really an ag use. Um, and so they have to be put into the same zone before they get consolidated. Um, and the Oak Creek Comprehensive Plan does is relevant to this application because of how close it is to Oak Creek. Um, their plan is, this is not a survey accurate drawing here of what their plan shows, but it's defined as an institutional. Um, so they recognize the current use and are generally okay with it. It did not provide any comments on closing this, and they are going through their comprehensive plan update. So, Maybe this blob will get very slightly larger at some point. Um, but either way, um, that's that's just kind of what it shows on the map. Um, and then to the right here is the current zoning, where it's a very small industrial parcel, and then everything else around it is ag. Um, and then the site plan review is because once it's merged and once it's rezoned, um, they are going to expand their operation on across that property line because that line will no longer exist. Um, and so they have a scoria pile that um, they want to move from an outdoor pile into a shed. Um, so they want, there's a flattened area for storage that would be created um, and it would get these, it would improve the aesthetics of the site and get the storage area out of the 100 floodplain. And because it's an industrial, it goes through a site plan review because there's no defined setbacks. Um, so you can kind of see here, this is kind of the proposed contours as well as some of the new um, items that pass the existing building is here. Most of this kind of white area is, is flat. Um, as it gets kind of browner here on the picture, it's just because that's the contours are getting closer together. Um, so there's um, this is going to be a storage area that's open, and then there's some some grading around it to accommodate that flat space. And then here's the storage shed, um, and then there's snow storage here, and there's kind of a drainage that runs through here, and down on this image is to the east. Um, north is to the, to the right. Um, and so here's kind of what their proposed rendering. It, it wouldn't look exactly like this, but this is the type of building that it would be. Um, and so we have suggested a condition requiring uh, the director to approve a neutral color. Um, whatever that ultimately is, is somewhat flexible at the moment, but it wouldn't necessarily be bright white. Um, be hot okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be yeah, six months of the year. <laughs> yeah, white white isn't during winter. White actually wouldn't be that bad of a thing. We we are going to have to balance. You think? Yeah. So we're going to have to balance. You know, winter versus summer, and you know, beige actually could look really bad in the winter against all white. So we'll we'll hash that out. But if you feel staff can figure this one out, um, we can leave that uh, situation. Yes. Or no. You're not getting into color collection. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry. And so, what that original picture that I showed you guys is kind of important because this is so for site slopes. Um, I know this has made Road Bridge a little bit nervous, but they we have to apply subdivision standards when we go through this type of application because a consolidation is a form of a subdivision. Um, 
And so the site has a lot of slope that exceeds 30%, but a lot of those slopes are over 30% due to man-made features and are not natural slopes. Now, whether they're man-made or not, it actually does that that is there's still something to be taken into consideration because this slope against 27 is obviously um, has previously been made steeper to accommodate the building. We we clearly don't want to mess that up any further because 27 will fall into this valley and that's not good. Um, conversely, though, all these slopes over here, you can see this like odd green. And um, you can see this green kind of stretch right here. That's because the railroad was cut through it, um, going back to that original image. So um, we will be applying no build zones through the consolidation plan process and you know protecting health, safety, and welfare of the public with consideration of the fact that some of these slopes aren't natural nor hold up anything important and would not therefore be part of the no build zones. Um, but obviously some of them will. Um, and pay good attention to this kind of yellow um, area in the middle because you'll see a picture later that shows that that's actually more what the original slope was. And that's only between 15 and 30%. It's not over 30%. Um, so we've got some site photos. I love putting these like this. You can see everything. Um, the existing building in the center. Um, you're all probably pretty familiar with this better in the past. Um, this view would not really change. And this is what Oak Creek sees as it is. Um, so nothing would really change on this side of things. And then the score you showed would be behind this building. Um, and then I will show you that area. This is the current beautiful view of the score pile. Um, and it's right next to the wetlands and all the puddles. And it's going to be out of that spot. So that's really good. Um, more site photos. You can kind of see how the land has been cut for you know, various access roads. Um, here's some more cuts with that railroad, and there's an old road of some kind here that was for access. Um, and then this is the image that I think is most useful. We drove up to um, 27 a little bit, and you can see this is the undisturbed portion of the land. It's not flat, but it's also not over 30%. Um, and most of it would be remaining anyway, but it just kind of shows how the land actually kind of was before a lot more of it got hacked up later. So if I go all the way back to this image. Um, this is, it's kind of a mix of natural and man-made slopes. And so likely we would do some no-build zone, maybe along 27, maybe all the way back here, but their existing operation is only slightly going over that. The original property line would be kind of right here or so. Um, and so the operation did, they're, they're adding on this new parcel. The parcel is actually much larger than the existing one. So in theory, the industrial zone gets expanded greatly. But the actual impact of the operation expanding on that parcel is significantly smaller because it's just going over that property line by maybe 100 feet or so. Um, so that's actually all I have for you guys. Um, we have four options. Board of adjustment. Okay. Yeah, we know. <laughs> Ignore the board of adjustment. <laughs> um, <laughs> I apologize. I changed, I actually changed every single thing in those little boxes and didn't notice the glaring one in front of me. <laughs> um, but yes, so that's the it's it's three projects wrapped in one. And the other distinction I wanted to make because there's two project codes. Um, consolidation and rezoning within our city view software are actually all lumped into the subdivision category. So those two consolidation and rezoning actually share a project code. And then the site plan is actually a different category. So it's two project codes, three actions, all being considered together. 
And yes, it has two project codes just to make this. So 23 is the site plan and 22 is the yes. consolidation and rezone. Yep, got yep. it. And when we get, get to a motion, we need to set the motions. Or can it be one? Can you, you can roll it into one. You just have to acknowledge both. But it's your preference. Yeah. Um, I have a question that is scoria considered an environmental issue? I'm not aware of it being such a thing. Um, it's kind of just an air rock, but road bridge. That kind of it is inert. Yeah, it's it's just yeah, but it's the thing is we don't want to get into waterways yeah. for obvious reasons. Um, you know, it gets crushed into a fine powder. I know it's an air pollutant when it gets crushed. Um, well, that's dust, right? And so this isn't getting crushed on the point of use necessarily, but I mean, if it goes into waterways, I'm sure it can crumble and cause turbidity. I'm sure exactly for that. Our district one has not been using any salt. Uh, our I asked about Victoria, not so right, but I'm, I'm getting to that. Oh, so our other shops use a mix of salt, sand, and scoria. Good. This job does not, so that pile there is no salt in. Uh, but generally, you store them together, and you can get salt, so you don't want it next sure. to a waterway. Scoria by itself not considered environmentally. I mean that I was focusing exclusively on the scoria. Yeah, yes. so really. that you are correct. It is not. Okay. And then, no, I'm done. Sorry. I think the current uh, pile is also in the floodplain. Oh, that was my other question. Yes, that is. Yeah. There's actually a line. Did you flood recently? No. Really? So this, this red line here? Yes. That is a, this so the pile is like right here. That pile, oh, yeah. The railroad tracks will be underwater if, <laughs> if, if that site is flooded. And yeah. Well, yeah, it, it would be a catastrophic. Yeah. It, it might be designated in the floodplain, but it's it's definitely above the creek level. The creek's on the uh, Oak Creek is actually on the other side of the train tracks. That the, right. what you're that water you're seeing is a call it an intermediate stream or an intermittent stream yeah. or a drainage. It's a Yeah, essentially the railroad or the county, whoever, whenever that went in, there's a drainage between the shop flat spot and the railroad track and it goes back there to a low spot. The railroad never put a culvert in. So it just you know, <laughs> it's just there. Yeah. I just was surprised you said that you hadn't gotten any flooding so far. This no, year. no, no. Oh Creek hasn't come out of the South Rock was uh, much drier than the rest of the county the spring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Questions for either staff or I'm not there yet. Yeah. Okay. Bill. <laughs> When when was the the property was uh, when you bought the expansion property? Ninety uh, was that two years ago? Twenty nineteen. Russ Garrity sold. Hey, Mike, why don't you introduce yourself? Oh, I'm Mike Morning, the director. Really? <laughs> <laughs> That's the man. So it was it it was acquired when. Uh, Russ Garrity sold his property in the area, um, and we bought a portion on the other side of the track directly adjacent to our um, adjacent to our shop from Town of Oak Creek. Huh. And then the expansion for the we, shop came after that? No, 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 no. Expansion of the shop was in 2016. 16. And we did that all on our own. 
Okay. Yeah, the, this is the current the current building, and if you go on the older imagery, you can see it's smaller. That, that came oh. through the approvals process. That was yeah. You all um. Yeah, you remember it? Wouldn't that be just a straight building from there? No, that had to come. No, that came through the process. Yeah, yeah. You need a site planner because so all industrial properties don't have setbacks. And on the topic of setbacks, actually, um, if you look at so obviously part of this review and the site review is considering setbacks. Um, this is the current building and this is the current property line. And then this is just a flat area. It kind of looks like a building on top. Um, this is the actual structure that would be placed there. So setbacks of this structure are significantly less than, or sorry, it's significantly greater than um, the current building that's on site. Okay. Answer your question? It, it did, thank you. The town, you guys bought it from, didn't the town acquire the land first and then you guys acquired it from the town? That's been part of the swamp that occurred for the mountain park yeah. parcel. And then we're going back down. Parking is going in place. I think. Um, questions for either staff or the petitioner? Um, at this point in time, I'd like to open it up to the public. Any comments from the public? There's nobody on the either. Okay. Seeing and hearing none, I'll close the public portion of uh, the public comment portion. Commissioners, any comments? Discussions? Issues? Did staff have something further? What's that? Did, did, did you have something further you wanted to address? Uh, no, not at this time. Well, with that thought in mind, Chair Owen in a motion. I move to approve PL2030022 and PL2023-0023 with the funding subaction conditions completed. I second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion on the motion? Hearing none, all those in favor of the motion. Signify by saying yes. Yes. Opposed yeah. saying no. Fear votes yes. Motion is carried. Carry on. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for sitting through. <laughs> yeah, I apologize for that. The first part of that. Yeah, I probably put you in front of them. We probably should have considered that. We just wanted to talk about it. Bobby did a nice job. Thanks. <laughs> The other item was a tabled item, and we can put tabled items on. Oh, I figured that. I just had fun with it. Um, but here we go. <laughs> can I get another new chart this time? Yeah, I'm going to email one out because it's, it's changed some, but um, and I won't give you the version that I pulled up last. Meeting, which was very busy, but um, we can share. share. You are sharing your thing with you, my stuff. Um, so just to eat the conversation that we were having last week, I think all of you were here actually. 
So we had the conversation about what our schedule looks like um, coming up and just being prepared for the need of uh, some new hearings potentially. So here's um, the revised schedule. And so next week, um, next week on the 15th, we have another location and extent application for the Strawberry Park um, high, uh, it's not high school, middle school, elementary school for an amphitheater. Um, we did have on that schedule um, on the 6th, you'll see the tailwaters, which um, there's the flume sketch and change of zone application. We initially were going to separate the flume discussion and have that on the 15th. Um, but talking with Steve and just all of us, you know, just looking at how that was set up, we thought it would be really difficult to have a conversation on just the flume without having additional information. So to try to make that meeting more efficient and reduce the amount of hearings that that applicant would need to have, we decided to put them all on the sticks as one hearing. Um, so therefore the 15th will just be the one hearing. Um, we're getting a lot of um, That's you. interest in that application today. Um, and then we still need to schedule, um, we are going to schedule uh, the extra hearing we're talking about on the 29th. So typically that would be one of your Thursdays off, but because of what we have um, and the timing that we need to schedule these, we are moving the Pittsburgh, Milner, Water, and Sewer application to the 29th, along with CUP for the 180 outfitters. Um, which is on Volcom. So that is for um, an outfitting company coming in, or actually it's for enforcement. So they're coming into with compliance. So that is on the 29th. Then the 6th will be, um, we expect, you know, um, a big hearing. Uh, so that tailwaters application. So that's for stagecoach. We have mentioned that. And then on the 19th, we were talking about the timing for um, module one to have our first work session on the code amendment project. So not on the 20th. Not on the 20th as of yet, because I included these anticipated projects, just so you can see um, applications we have in store in the pipe that more than likely are going to be scheduled on the 20th and thereafter. So um, this does not include our you know, applications you typically don't see. This doesn't include consolidations that are on your consent agenda. So we routinely are, um, are processing those kinds of applications. You're building on the little adjustments and your consolidations, and those are coming in. It's up. Um, but these are ones that you more uh, that you would be deciding on, and these are the ones that we have in place. So Oak Creek Fire, Temporary Workforce Housing. Oh, yeah. Imagine that. When do you see? When do you see them? Well, these are likely. I get that, but what are they? Some of them are in. They just haven't been assigned a date yet because either they um, haven't been deemed complete or they've been deemed complete. 
but um, we may have sent out referrals and we just haven't formally scheduled it yet. So they're at various stages. So all of these ones that you see here are, are items that actually they have submitted some form of application. So, so end of July then? November or something? Or, or no, um, no sooner than that. So looking back up on the schedule, I only have on here up until um, uh, July 20th is a regular date for you. So more than likely you're going to see the Stagecoach State Park at that time, the PUD. That was one you were forgetting. Which one? <laughs> Stagecoach State Park. That one's not, well, it's on the list. Yeah, I know. Right, right. right. It hasn't been scheduled, but more than likely, we're probably looking at that one. And then um, the Columbine cabins probably going to be ready at that point. And then we're already into August. And by that time, these other ones, in addition to whatever gets submitted, um, right. you know, from this point forward. So we'll continue to just, you know, bring this up. I'll email this to you all tomorrow so yeah. you have it. Um, but also knowing that anything that I put on the list are items that are confirmed. So, um, so the big change is the 19th instead of Yes, so, so the 19th would be a Wednesday, yeah. and that would be a joint meeting. Um, if though none of those applications are ready in time, I doubt that's going to happen. We could pivot and move that joint meeting to your regular night on the 20th. Um, I just anticipate that not being the case, um, but we'll reevaluate this um, on our meeting on the 15th, and then we'll see where we're at. Um, and then just some quick brief follow-ups. Uh, we have on here um, just some follow-ups. Um, Calgirl Compost, you all recommended approval. To the board of county commissioners they also approved that application um the clark store and the herbit that you heard last week from the change of zone that is scheduled with the board of county commissioners for next week um so that hasn't been decided on yet um and then this was just a note that has nothing to do. i was just going to say what's that going to do with anything <laughs> it got so that is where we are at. Okay. Any questions? The town housing a enforcement issue? Um, it is. Yes. Um, they were told last year what the process was and provided applications and never submitted them and brought them on site. Interesting. So they have a stop work order, and there's some nuances of um, why they fit. For me to deem the application complete, you need property owner's signatures, consent, and there's an easement across the driveway and the access point that they need signatures on that they're having trouble getting. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we are... Um, Actively working with them and giving them a hard date of when an application needs to be formally submitted or removed. I guess I could read this, but I thought Thunderstruck, that's an amendment? 
So um, we met with Thunderstruck today, actually. Oh. Um, and as you all remember, they um, you all recommended um, approval of um, the, for the enforcement case for it to move forward to Florida County Commissioner. Um, they have a hard date of July 1st to come into compliance. There are things that need to be done on that site and removed off the site. Um, and so we had a discussion with them today. Um, everything is supposed to be removed off the site and building permits submitted. And they need to submit an application for an amendment because they added an additional parcel to their property. Oh. So you may or may not see the amendment depending on where this goes um, and in what capacity. Small amendments I can approve, like clarifications or really minor type sure. stuff. Um, there are allowances for me to make those amendments. Um, but as far as some of the things I believe um, the operator would like to request would require to come back through the process. And I can follow up with you all that I mentioned actually last time, uh, the Board of County Commissioners did not receive the application well and made it very known uh, that they were not being supportive of any amendments coming back. There you go. So, I mean, they need to make a modification. Um, they do have to do a slight amendment to bring in a, the adjacent parcel that. But you're handling that administratively. That could be could. administratively. Which is all a function of how well they do on um, the yeah. commitments that they made already. Yeah, it will depend yeah. on what their narrative looks like and what sure. their requests are. Did the, did the board kind of commissioners? Was there, did they say they didn't support future amendments until the actions had been taken to rectify the current one? Or did they say they were, that, that's making a decision before a hearing, saying no, that they wouldn't no, support they, future they, amendments. They, let's, they weren't making a decision. They were basically, what they said was, you know, maybe hard pressed to consider an amendment based on their current operation Copy. and not being compliance. Yeah. So if if they do come into compliance, maybe, maybe they would change their mind, but they um, they were pretty irritating and on compliance. I read an irritation. Yeah, yes. That was incorrect. Well I no I heard irritation, which is yeah. better yet. Yeah. I uh, I'm glad it was over Zoom. I had to keep my poker face. <laughs> Um, so, um, that's all I have. Um, anything else? Yes, anybody? It's a good tool. Keep it coming. <laughs> yeah. We're adjourned, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.